Welcome to the Geekcentric Podcast, and welcome to our spoiler-free review for Hello Tomorrow, Season 1. And your brighter tomorrow doesn't start when you land on the moon. It starts today. Hey there, my name is Nate, and this is our spoiler-free review for Season 1 of the Apple TV original series, Hello Tomorrow. Huge thanks to our friends at Apple for giving us the opportunity to watch this series early for review. If you're joining us for the first time, we are Geekcentric, a podcast focusing on the world of movies, TV shows, games, toys and collectibles, and all things Geekcentric. Uh, now, I'm stoked to get into this review, but just before I do, I, I want to let you know, if you're, if you're like us and you love the world of Star Wars, we currently have our watch club for Star Wars The Bad Batch Season 2 with weekly breakdowns every single Wednesday. And if you've been infected with a passion for all things The Last of Us, we also have our weekly watch club uh, for that series, which goes live right here on your podcast service of choice every single Wednesday, right after the episode wraps at 10 p.m., Eastern Standard Time. So go check those out. Go enjoy if you want to hear our thoughts and theories and, and just our overall impressions of those shows. Uh, there's some really great conversations happening in our watch clubs. But with that out of the way, let's get to this review. Joining me for this rocket ship trip to the moon where all our dreams will come true, we've got the jazziest jitterbug this side of Jupiter. He's Justin, the lunar-loving Lawrence. Hey, how's it going? Hey, I came in with like a bit of an Italian feeling accent right there. I, I was going for more of a 50s, 60s New Yorker style, to be fair. Uh, but if that if that doesn't work for you, uh, how about, uh, uh, how good day to you, sir? Okay, is, yeah. that, is, that, is that a little more appropriate? Um, yeah, dude, how are you doing? Um, I'm... I mean, I'm I'm intrigued to get into this uh, this review um, and and talk about our our feelings uh, on how it worked out. But um, Justin, you know, I, I did get a chance to sit down with one of the cast members from this show, Duchesne Williams, uh, fellow Canadian, uh, Duchesne Williams, and uh, and I talked to him and, and we did a really good interview. You can catch on our YouTube channel, YouTube.com/slash/GeekCentric. Um, but I asked him a very specific question. I asked him, you know, what would convince him to move into a duplex on the moon? What would he need from Earth in order to convince him? And I want to, before we get into this review, I want to know, what would you need to convince you into a duplex on the moon? Oh, okay. Um, okay, I think, you know, given that my family will probably be there, you know, my yeah, wife. They're and, uh, yeah, they're all there. Yeah, I'm talking yeah, of course. more. That's a non-negotiable. Yes. Yeah, things to think. Okay, so I need, like, I'm going to need a PS5. Okay. Uh, I'm going to need, like, some sort of gaming console for sure. Okay. I'm going to need, like, an office, like yeah. a studio space, like, so I can do stuff and, and hopefully still make geek-centric stuff from, from the moon. From Come the on. moon. Um, and I think... Uh, I'm gonna need to be able to have some weed up there too. I, I'm just gonna say it. Like, <laughs> a dispensary. If, if I can't, yeah, or at least grow my own. Like okay. you know, how I'll you know become the dispensary on the there moon. You go. Who knows? Ooh. Apart from that, I guess I don't know. Like I, I'm I'm big on food, but there's nothing that like I would be like, oh, I need that kind of food up there. I need that kind of beverage or. Or mm -hmm. something like that. I guess. I guess. Like, if I go to the moon, they don't got pizza. Then I'm gonna be pissed. You know what I mean? But like, I'm pretty sure the moon's gonna have pizza if there's like a community. You're up there hawking the the devil's lettuce. 
if you will, and all those people would be really mad at you, I'm sure, until they tried it uh, and realized they can get even higher than the moon. Um, <laughs> I, that's there's a, Oh, there's your, your slogan right there. Dude, come on. Let's do it. I'm down. Um, for me, I went a little more simple. I just said high-speed internet. I just need <laughs> high-speed internet. I'm no astrophysicist, Justin, but I think wouldn't it – would it be faster? Would internet be faster on the moon because, like – the satellites are like right over there. Sort I'm of not thing, even or... going to begin to try to understand <laughs> if the internet would be faster on the moon. I, I'm sure if you had satellites there, there might need to be a whole infrastructure yeah. that needs to be put in place for it. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I couldn't, I couldn't tell you if it'd be faster, but I, I guess you're, you're one for the simpler things. The, yeah. the, the more, the... just a good internet connection in, in an empty room. I'll borrow your PS5. I'll get you so high that you won't even realize it's gone. And then I'll just take it from you. There you go. Um, but uh, listen, let's get to this synopsis for this show. People wondering, listen to this, never even heard of Hello Tomorrow. They're like, what the heck are these guys talking about? People on the moon. Hello Tomorrow is set in a retro future world and centers on a group of traveling salesmen hawking lunar time shares. Um, Billy Crudup stars as Jack, a salesman of great talent and ambition whose unshakable faith in a brighter tomorrow inspires his coworkers, revitalizes his desperate customers, but also threatens to leave him dangerously lost in the very dream that sustains him. It's really well written. Uh, the show stars Billy Crudup, Hanifa Wood, Allison Pill, Nicholas Padani, Hank Azaria, Susan Hayward, uh, Matthew Maher, uh, Michael Harney, and Duchesne. Williams. Uh, the show is streaming right now with its first three episodes already out on Apple TV Plus, with episodes releasing weekly every single Friday. Uh, now, Justin, I think this show, you know, it has a very solid sales pitch. But before mm-hmm. we sign on the dotted line, let's get to what worked, what didn't work with this first mm-hmm. season. Uh, and I want to kick it off with with world building. I think I think this show, you know, we even just mentioning in that description there. Uh, taking place in this retro future. We got this sort of, you know, postmodern American uh, 50s, 60s sort of diner look to everything is so well done. You got your your Jetsons vibes. Um, some of the robots in it were very, like, Fallout looking. Um, and I love seeing them all over the place, like, whether they're leading, you know, they're on, they're at the bar, they're, they're cleaning the, the lawn or what have you. Um, and I also love that, you know, while the show is showing us all this like futuristic technology, it's designed in a way that it still looks really old. And like they have FaceTime, but it's still black and white. Like it's those little tiny touches that are just really, really charming uh, about the world building. And I, it, to me, it felt like I just wanted to sort of live in this world and, and, and see what it was all about. Yeah, I think this is probably one of the best parts of the show is yeah. its confidence in its world building by creating a very imaginative retro futuristic time period that you know will have you in awe as you watch it it's like cool like this is this is a lot of fun um it's also incredibly smart to build off of the 50s era which was so much about you know the better tomorrow mm-hmm. a, a future yeah. uh, imagining imagining how technology and the nuclear family and the american dream which some would argue is a bit of a lie or a facade, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was all built on on the idea of investing, investing. America was very much pulling its own sales pitch to get people investing in, in itself, in yeah. America. And I think the show embraces that through its world building and also through some of the thematic elements through the show, like uh, lying or over-promising or just simply 
the idea of dreaming. You know, again, the tech feels very lived in. It feels very specific to a, a time period, while also, as you described, like the enhanced uh, futuristic capabilities of floating robots and black and white FaceTime. Like, it's all really charming. It, it really, at, at the end of the day, I know, I know we're talking about uh, a dramedy show here, but for our, our MCU fans, it's very Loki-esque. Uh, oh, it, I was going to say like, WandaVision as well. Oh, like okay. Early yeah. I was going to say, like, sure. Like, I just mean in terms of the technology married with a specific time period. Okay. Because if you remember in like Loki. Like the TVA sort of idea. Of, yes. Yeah, like that 70s, that old retro tech, mm-hmm. the 70s, 80s, maybe even a little bit of 60s. There's this idea of how we imagine time and technology married together. And, and I think, you know, again, this show does it confidently. And I love that you bring up that concept of the world itself is its own sales pitch, right, to Americans. Mm. And and the idea that, like, you know, the costume design is fantastic in the show. Everyone looks perfect. Everyone's got their hair quaffed perfectly. They're all so fancy looking. Even the people who aren't necessarily, tailored. like, the most everything's exciting, tailored, right? Everything's yeah. tailored perfectly. Um, and I, I love how, you know, that we get those subtle things, like Jack's tie ties itself. Um, mm-hmm. And then, like... I think the coolest aspect about it, and it really, really, I think really shines, is the the fact that they have hover cars. They have instant cooking microwave machines that cook a steak in like a second, right? And everything looks perfect. But then there's this underlying danger that yeah. that's under the surface for all these yeah. shiny gadgets that just fit so yeah. perfectly with the narrative of the show. The lie. The exactly. lie. It's, it's the lie. It's, it's, it's the lie. It's awesome. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's the con, if you will. Yeah, right. Like it's yeah. it's very much that. So I feel like to to situate this story in this imaginative world, while also being connected to a specific time, that speaks to that idea of like this is the American dream. Things are done for us, and the promise for a better tomorrow is now. It is today. So the idea of you know looking beyond that and imagining what can be is an overpromise and a lie. And I think it also even speaks to that concept of like, you know, no matter how much you have, you'll always, you know, want more. Uh, and the idea that they have all this stuff and like all that's really being described to them or sold to them, uh, these people that are in this town are pr- a lot of the same things, but on the moon. <laughs> and so somehow that is a better thing for them than what they have here. Uh, and it's great because I think the, the, the way that the dialogue is written uh, so well to help us understand that, you know, it's it's it goes beyond these shiny gadgets that at the end of the day, what they're really being sold is happiness uh, that goes deeper. And I think the, the best representation of that has to be from Billy Crudup's character um, of Jack. I think, you know, let's let's talk about some of these performances in this show. I think, you know, if, if the world building is one shining pillar of this show, the other shining pillar is this cast. And I think cast, yeah, for sure. You know, yeah. they like Billy Crudup could sell me a rock <laughs> if he wanted to, and I would buy it. He is so charming. The way he talks is he's so likable. And I think that it it with his character, it instantly makes you want to follow him throughout this series. Um I enjoy how in the season we get both sides of him, right? Where he really flexes the the performances uh really well in in like You've got his undyingly confident side, but then you also see the cracks in his character. And we talk about this all the time mm-hmm. on our watch club with with what Pedro Pascal and Bella Ramsey are doing in, in, in The Last of Us and what have you. But the idea of, of face acting, 
right? The idea of 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 giving those those cues to your audience and the the emotions just just through your face and no other part of your body, uh, and not even with your words. And I think you can literally see Jack thinking about the various outcomes to situations that he's about to get himself into. Uh, and it's it's absolutely fantastic. Yeah, I think it goes without saying Billy Crudup is is outstanding in this show. And he is so much of the likable, charming 50 style salesman he's that perfect. you would expect. He, he embraces it so well. And I, I totally agree. I think that he really does flex all the sides of, of his of his character. Like, you know, this great scene with him and uh, Hanifa Wood, mm-hmm. uh, who plays uh, Shirley Stedman. I, like, honestly, like she is another outstanding yeah. performance in this in this show yeah Hanifa Wood finds herself acting opposite of Hank Azaria's uh, uh, Eddie uh, Sharples and, and of course uh, DeShane Williams uh, her porter as well as as Billy Curtip and she she's part of this ensemble and I just love that you know in everything every scene that she acts either with the cast or on their own she just owns the scene. She acts with such intent in every moment that she delivers. Well, she's like the glue that holds the group together, right? She's the only one yes. on this show that seems yes. to have a straight head on her at all times. And I love that, like, that's that's her core competency of, of her character. And then you, you've you got um, Hank Azaria as Eddie, who is kind of the opposite. He's kind of the yes. chaos. Like, whatever the opposite yeah. of glue is, that's what yes. he is. <laughs> and so he's... <laughs> <laughs> He's so um, chaotic, but again, charming at the same time. And then Duchesne, uh, as Herb Porter, as like sort of the third wheel of this sales team, um, he's he's excellent. He's got such a wonderful smile. Um, I'm just going to say really quick, I am I have to apologize to Duchesne if it came across that I was... <laughs> I was hitting on you during the interview. Um, I was, it's, it's, it very much seemed like it. Like I asked him a question about Valentine's Day and then I asked him about, you know, I said we could go to the moon. He thought that I meant together. I was saying we could like be each other's wingman on one of the bars on the moon and like kind of, you know. Yeah, but, that didn't come across, no, but I, I totally get it. <laughs> um, but then I also wanted to just, you know, I, I love how his... His character is is as Herb is so um, he's just so positive at times, and he's like he's he's so positive that it comes off as unbelievable. But then you can see that he's so dedicated that he he starts convincing even himself. <laughs> like you're you're literally seeing this guy just like just straight up like glass half full in every situation. Uh, and his interactions with Susan Hayward as Betty, who he calls Bun Bun. Um, are really funny, and it's great to see them team up in the show. Um, but yeah, man, Duchesne killed it as Herb uh, quite yeah. a bit. You know, you're not wrong to say that he has a charming smile, and I think that's very fitting for obviously the door-to-door salesman yeah. mentality, right? Yeah. Um, so I think it, I think it really worked in his favor. I think his character there's there's a lot going on there. There's um, uh, you know there's a sense of confidence that he's got, that he needs to kind of figure out as he's navigates i guess kind of feeling like the new one or something that he has to prove mm-hmm. among this team and to your point i think you know Shirley very much is able to steer him and and you know give him the right amount of mentorship and you know while while Jack is kind of putting out fires if you will <laughs> throughout throughout the other things but i got to say Allison Pill yeah uh was fantastic she yeah. plays Myrtle Mayburn um and she acts opposite of of Matthew uh, Mayer's uh, yeah. L- yeah Lester which like if you're uh, a fan of um 
what was that show that that came out with him in it recently? Oh, Our Flag Means Death. Yeah, if if you're a fl- if you're a fan of Our Flag Means Death, uh, he's also fantastic in that show, and he yeah. plays he's, quite the yeah. quite the opposite of that character. He's very much like a very like sort of um, he's almost like a Dwight Schrute <laughs> in a way, like kind of yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I, I will say, you know, as, as I was mentioning before, there's there's this theme of, of, of lying that kind of plays throughout this series. And, you know, I will say, like, Alison Pill's character, Myrtle, and Matthew Mayer's character, Lester, you know, they're very much the truth seekers in this series. They're, they're just sort of wanting to get to the bottom of it. And I got to say, man, like... They're they're so well acted off of each other, and Allison Pill just she delivers, man. Oh yeah, like I could see her getting a Best Supporting Actress Emmy nom for for just her performance in this. Because if anything, I was I was incredibly intrigued with with her desire and her passion and her motivations to kind of get to the moon, if you will. And they could have played her character as like a really. I'm happy they didn't, but they you you see it a lot of times with this type of character of this sort of. Almost like a, they could have played her as more of a Karen. They could have played her as a character that you don't want to necessarily root for. But I think that's one of the nice things about this show is that there wasn't really sides no. in the show. I never no, really no, no, felt no. at any time that I was like, well, I want this character to succeed and this one not to. For the most part, um, there is one character played by W. Earl Brown, uh, plays Big Fred, who he, he, I could see people not rooting for that guy. But but for the most part, like the everyone sort of felt like they were on even ground um and everyone has motive yeah and everyone acts with intent i think that the biggest thing that i could say about what the writing does do well here is it does present these actors with material that allows them to act with intent and portray the characters the way they see them and the way it makes sense for them and yeah like and again they could play them super comedic like like villain you know like the dual villains right like kind of off each other but they don't they really do give you these characters that you also want to root for. Uh, and speaking of a character that you want to root for, just to kind of wrap up on performances, but Nicholas Padani um, is the heart of the show, right? I think he's, like, as Joey, he is kind of the... He's the he's the he's the one you want to root for the most. He's in such a dire situation uh, in the show, and he's such an underdog character. But I love that we do get a full arc out of his character in the show. We do get to see kind of a, a full side of him, or at least that's how I felt. I don't know. You, you didn't feel I, that way? I, I was I, I I was not over the moon. Oh, no. <laughs> um, I, I think that, I, I, again, I can understand the motives and the intent. I, I just don't know if his story was entirely necessary, given how many other storylines are really going on. But above everything else, his acting just didn't feel authentic. Like, okay. I think if anyone, out of all of these performances, he felt like he was acting the most, and when you think of this cast of Billy Curdup, Hanifa Wood, uh, Hank, Hank Azaria, Allison Pill, Deshane Williams, and Matthew Mayher, uh, like it's just all of their characters felt ev- very authentic. Even Jackie Weaver as Barbara Billings was was outstanding and and felt very nuanced to herself. They just feel all very authentic. See, I but think yeah. I think the interesting thing about that though is is we're talking about a group of characters where for the most part. You know, again, outside of Matthew Maher and Alison Pill's character, for the most part, like they're performing for a lot of the show. Like they are performing in a lot of the show. And so to have this character that you're right, like if and I didn't I didn't quite get this, but I can see how if you are watching this character go from having to, you know, be this this really honest character into, uh, you know, if hopefully eventually kind of 
getting some of that performative aspect from the other characters and sort of learning as he goes, I could see how maybe there wasn't enough differentiation between those those uh, his performance in those moments of his arc. So um, I guess I get that a little bit. But listen, let's let's get into the narrative. Let's talk about um, the overall sort of plot. And I think this is where this is where we're going to start to maybe go down a little further for for me uh, at least, maybe for yourself as well. I think the only part of the series that that sort of was a little upsetting for me just, just because it's just say it, man. such a good just setup. It. Don't, it's don't, don't try to, don't it's try the to, overall, don't try to it's it the down. overall pacing. And I, I'm literally doing the thing that I, I didn't enjoy that the show was doing was stringing, stringing you along as I try to, yes. to avoid saying this, but you know, I binged the show, right? I binged the show. We got all 10 episodes, half hour episodes, and it still felt like it was a little too long. Um, which is crazy because, again, half-hour episodes, you think they would fly by. Um, but you have this fantastic cast who's delivering some incredibly fantastic dialogue in each scene, right? So it's not that, like, in each scene I was getting bored, but it just stretches itself a little you too You didn't thin. care, though. It didn't right. have perspective. It didn't have a point of view. It has so much going on for itself that it doesn't really stick to any one point of perspective. And, and it, it took way too long. I think, again, it doesn't take away from the outstanding performances that we got. We just talked about that mm-hmm. and how everyone acts with their heart. Mm-hmm. That coupled with the great world building that this show does, you know, it, it looks like it's going to be a success. Mm-hmm. But I just don't know if the overall story being paced over 10 half hour episodes was the right approach because I don't think we were able to really stick to any one notion or th- or or narrative that helped drive this series so yeah i i i don't know if that's i'm trying to go spoiler free here of course you know it, it things but i will say like as as much as i struggled with caring about the story you know there is the fantastic cast and you know the part that i appreciate the most is is that you know at, at its core hello tomorrow does keep this theme about as i was mentioning before about lying and liars yeah you know what i mean and relating that back to the time period and its retro tech vibes with also just the idea of of the 50s and you know being a salesman and you know going door to door and you know all of this sort of you know these these layers of of lying and everyone's lying to someone lying to customers lying to loved ones and how we see it sort of manifest itself throughout was is is interesting but because we were moving around from so many different characters i think this is where the ensemble cast kind of hurts the story because there's so many perspectives and so many interesting storylines that we're not sticking to one you described jack's character really well you know when you were talking about billy curdup and i think that his perspective and his point of view is probably the most interesting and i think he is the heart and the anchor of this story so maybe just really focusing on his perspective through this narrative might have been better because as much as the ensemble cast works for it and everyone performed really well, I think it's just it distracted from the series having a point of view. Well, and I think that's it. I think the mystery box element of the show kind of gets in its own way and it sort of mm. trips over its its uh, nicely tapered pants, if you will, um, and, and kind of it, it sort of gets to a point where, you know, I think of a show, another great show on Apple TV Plus um, with Severance. Right where that show I felt was a really good give and take as far as reveals are concerned. Like we were getting moments where it was giving us setups and it was giving us reveals along the way. Whereas this felt just like it. it by the time we we got to that 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 reveal or we got to a reveal, it just sort of felt. I don't know. It felt like again. It, it sort of 
felt a little flat, almost almost as if we have been in on the secret for too long. So that we yes. the, the 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 sort of uh, we see the characters reacting to some of these situations, but but because we sort of have already known it, it sort of it doesn't give you that <gasps> like the whoa like I can't believe that sort of feeling um, enough. That's that's the first episode, and I feel like that reveal wasn't earned. We hadn't spent the time with the characters and with the story to feel like that mattered. And I think that that's kind of the problem, the pacing and placement of these reveals. Mm -hmm. You know I mean? If you had pushed that further down, maybe at the end of the third episode, there's a little bit more of a buy-in for us with these characters and the story. There's more interest. And then you have this reveal that shifts the perspective. I could have, I think that could have worked better in favor for this series. I don't know. It just, it felt like at the end of the day, like you said, the give and take of of the mystery or of the the illusion of what's going on that that could have been sprinkled throughout rather than giving it to us where we haven't yet earned it. And I think the from a thematic standpoint, you know, we've already mentioned a few of these themes as we're talking about the world building and we're talking about how these characters kind of work together. But I, I do feel as though they never fully landed, pun intended, on any of them uh, to give me a sense of like what the show is trying to tell us, is trying to say. And exactly. I, I think that, but again. There's no point of view. But yeah. here's the thing. To me, it's like, that could be by design, right? Given the whole American dream style sales pitch nature of the characters itself. I just don't know if that fully worked. worked? Um, yeah, yeah, it didn't work. <laughs> I don't, I don't it think it worked. Didn't it didn't sell me. This is where, like, for me, when we get into final score, everything changes. Yeah. Right? Like, again, I appreciate the all of the elements, but, you know, the point of view, the perspective, you know, as much world building and performances, there's no real perspective or story here. Mm. Right? And I think there there could have been had there been more attention to how those reveals happened how how you moved it through the story maybe shortening it maybe it's eight half an hour episodes mm -hmm. or six half an mm -hmm. hour episodes right to kind of get us hooked and get us into it so again there's there's a lot of things to it that that really do factor into why it it could have been better from a narrative perspective well let's get to our let's get to our final rating um we're going to rate this show this first season of hello tomorrow uh, on a scale of one to five duplexes on the moon. Well, as we discussed, uh, the show is good, but in my opinion, it never actually takes off to being great. The one thing that this series does have going for it is that it is a show about liars, and it really leans into that. From the world-building elements of a retro-futuristic 50s world that very much was about the American dream and over-promising, to these outstanding performances. But in the end, what really hurts this series is the writing. And that's both from a pacing and perspective point of view. Like, I love the ensemble cast. Don't get me wrong. Hell, I want a season two just to see more of their stories but I hope that when we do get a season two there's more perspective and that this idea of the ensemble cast doesn't take away from the narrative experience I think there's so much going on that it's hard to pinpoint exactly what the series is trying to say but Again, I think that there's a confidence in its thematic elements. It's a confidence in its world building. And there's confidence in this acting. So I would want to see a season two. And for that reason, I'm going to be giving this series a three out of five duplexes on the moon. Okay. All righty. You can tell when we started getting into the negative stuff how much I wanted to love this show. I, I Again, a phenomenal cast. Fantastic dialogue. 
such a wonderful sense of world building. The color in the show is so well done. Uh, just such an intriguing setup, right? A really, really intriguing setup and setting. But it just sort of takes a little too long to get to the sale. You know, if we're talking about sales here and we're talking about getting to the sale. Uh, sometimes, uh, you know, I've been in sales before. I've talked way too much and gotten to the point where by the end of the conversation, the person's just kind of like, what are we talking about again? <laughs> and so, so that's kind of where I, I, I sort of landed with this show. And I, I really hope we do get a season two for this show. Um, I, I would love if we get a season two that can be a little more focused, has a little bit more of um, a better, you know, kind of what I was talking about with Severance, like a setup to reveal ratio, if you will, um, where we're sort of getting those, uh, those moments, those big moments to the point where we can see the characters reacting and we can react at the same time. It's not so much that we're already let in on on some of the the secrets. I, I want to be, I want to be. I, again, I want to to take my breath away. And it just it never quite did with this season. Um, I think getting these characters, putting them in situations where they're forced to be more honest with each other. I think that means we could get a better you know, of what I'm talking about, a better ratio of, of reveal uh, and and sort of a little more, you know, just things happening a little bit more in a season two. Um, I think if you're intrigued enough by the story or this cast, I recommend giving it a watch. I really do. Um, and maybe it'll play better week to week. Again, I binged it. I, I, I don't know. Maybe it would be better if you had these characters for half an hour a week. Um, but for I this, spaced it out. You did. I spaced it out. Okay, and you still found the same thing. Yes, yes. It was it was very slow. And this it wasn't even by design. It wasn't even because I was purposely doing it. No. I just did it because of timing mm -hmm. of just things that were going on. Mm -hmm. But I was just like, I gotta find a reason to care and keep watching this show. And if it is meant to be week to week, I should care enough that from each episode, I want to watch right. the next to see. Oh, how it's Friday night. Oh, so, Hello Tomorrow's on. Yeah, awesome. Exactly. I'm gonna check it out. Whereas you were more like. I guess I should watch the show. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Again, I I really want a second season. So me too. if it takes me telling me you to watch this, um, then watch it. <laughs> I'll hold my promise to Deshane. Um, but uh, but I'm gonna give this I, I'm gonna give this first season a solid uh, three point five out of five duplexes oh, on the moon. Yeah, I just I couldn't. My heart is not there to give it a three. I just again I love so much of what the show is is sort of setting up and trying to do um i just don't think i think i think let's give him another chance let's give him another chance apple you know this is apple tv we're talking about not netflix okay netflix they just they they canceled things left right and center so let's please get a second season uh that is it we hope you enjoyed the spoiler free review for hello tomorrow and if you did make sure to subscribe to us wherever you like to listen to podcasts and if you want to write into the show with your thoughts on this series or any of the movies or shows we cover well listen i'm gonna use my fancy new lunar telecommunicator uh to reach out to justin on the moon so he can let you know how you can reach us well they can reach us at wearegeekcentric at gmail.com that's wearegeekcentric at gmail.com or they can reach out to us on twitter at geekcentricyt or on instagram at wearegeekcentric keep in mind we have a ton of other great episodes covering the latest in movies tv shows and games including our our spoiler free review for ant-man and the wasp quantum mania um we also have some interviews uh as i mentioned i interviewed Deshane williams herb porter from this series hello tomorrow and if you want to watch me nervously try to pretend like i'm not just falling in love with him uh you can check that out on youtube at youtube.com slash geekcentric and we got some really great interviews as well 
well, one that I think I actually nailed even better than my interview with Duchesne was with Peyton Reed, director of the Ant-Man trilogy. Uh, and Justin also got a chance to sit down with uh, Catherine Newton, who plays Cassie on the movie. Uh, so definitely go check all that stuff out. Check out all our coverage for that. Uh, we got a, a reel that you can check out that Justin put together on our Instagram or on our TikTok uh, of the red carpet premiere event in Toronto uh, for Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Um, so yeah, check us out. We're on uh, Instagram uh, and TikTok both at We Are Geek Centric. Uh, some really great clips that Justin's been putting together. Uh, Justin, thank you so much for joining me for this review to the moon and back. Uh, and as we say, love ya. Peace. Peace.